Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Big Comics Podcast. Starring Mark Clare and Renzo Martinez. That's the sound that Echo would make if Echo got so mad that she started yelling at me, explaining why her show was actually going to do well. And just like that, all the mute people suddenly stopped paying any attention to the show. I don't think we lost the deaf, though. Because if you're a deaf person listening to this podcast, uh, you're like Matt Murdock walking around as a blind man. We all know the truth. See how I'm able to like, tie all that together? It's equally offensive, equally accurate, and 100% funny. That's right. You're listening to the Second Print Comics Podcast, the best comics podcast in the world. You all can hear me say that, but you know who can't? Echo. Have they established whether she's deaf and mute, or is she just deaf, or is she just mute? I don't think, I don't think they really clarify that. Like in in the Hawkeye series, which I think I'm gonna watch Hawkeye again during the holidays. It's got that it's got that Macaulay Culkin effect. You know, you just kind of want to watch it over and over again. I think I'll watch it again. I don't think they established whether or not she was deaf and mute, or if she was just one or the other. But I can tell you one thing. Um, and this isn't to say anything negative about the actress, and I think I want to pull back a little bit. I think when you see a lot of criticisms of shows right now, you're seeing a lot of people hitting the actors. But tr- truth is, is that the actors are just, as a friend once told me, as a friend uh, once told me once, a, once upon a time, actors are just props that move and talk. It's about the production quality. It's about the director. It's about the script writer. A lot goes into it. So by the time the actor is there, the actor is just they're doing their thing. If they suck or if they really succeed, uh, you know, of course they can add their own flair to it, but they're only as strong as the material given. For example, could anyone really be mad at Ewan McGregor or Hayden Christensen for the Obi-Wan series? No, I think that's I think that's very unfair. We both know they're tremendous actors. And despite the fact that that show was rolling garbage by the end of it by making it the Moses Ingram show, you know, the, because it's got to be the black female feminist redemption story in which we downplay our heroes in order to raise the victims for doing nothing more heroic than just not being evil. I think that was the lesson. You could be evil, but just don't always be evil and you're instantly heroic in a Disney Star Wars terms. Can we be mad at Ewan and Hayden for the fact that that series was written and directed poorly? No. I think they're just doing what they are doing best with the material given. Case in point, again, The Witcher. Is anyone really mad at Henry's performance? No. 
But what ended up happening? You got bad producers, you got bad directors, you got bad screenwriters. And because of that, the guy who had to like break his back carrying the entire franchise on it was just like, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, same goes for him dealing with Warner Brothers. So now what's he doing? Now he's writing and producing and starring in his own Warhammer series, which will be fantastic when that comes out. So with that said, I saw the Echo trailer, so you don't have to. And I've got some thoughts. We're also going to go ahead and talk about what's going on with Blade and some of my thoughts on Ultimate Universe, the one shot that's setting up everything Ultimate Comics over at Marvel. Thought about doing this for the Patreon last week, but decided to uh, go on a James Bond tirade instead. You can go ahead and listen to that at patreon.com slash secondprintpod if you're a patron at $5, five smackers a month or more. Before we get going... It's a little bit later in the day. I I had to work, went and did some stuff with my personal trainer, getting big, getting swole, you know, staying in shape. You can't, I don't know why I flexed. No one can see me flex on a podcast. Um, So I have to use my coffee as like my source of energy to get through the day. You see, I I, I joke that I use rage to fuel me. Uh, I use, you know, righteous rage. Right, righteous rage for all the Liberty grads who listen, all two of you. Uh, righteous rage and a nice, hot, I'm just, I'm salivating thinking of, am I close to the mic? I'm salivating, salivating thinking of my Fox and Sons coffee. I had some of the Fox Den blend. Um, I am running out of my Brazilian honey prep. Hint, hint, Stephen, if you're listening. Um, and if you've gotten some emails from me over the last couple of days, you've known that we've really been celebrating our partner, Stephen Fox, too. So Stephen helps fuel the show. His coffee helps fuel me. And I hope that we're delivering to you great products that Mark and myself both freaking love. So do yourself a favor, because I know some of you have not purchased this coffee, uh, because you're accustomed to making horrible decisions in your life. Well, let me make a good one for you. Let me tell you exactly what you need to do. You need to go foxandsons.com. That's F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S, foxandsons.com. And when you go ahead and place an order of $25 or more, we're going to save you 15% off your total cart with the code SECONDPRINTPOD. So once again, because you make bad decisions if you haven't already ordered some of Stephen's coffee, and he just added a whole bunch of new stuff. He uh, he has a Mexican blend. I texted him, like, Steven, you got to hook a brother up. And he was like, I got you, son. I got you. And I was like, yeah, ole. And then we, like, you know, high-five through the phone. It was a moment. Um, he's got a bunch of stuff coming on. So maybe get yourself a subscription, get some beans uh, delivered to your door so you don't even have to think about it. See, I'm just making great decisions for you. Foxandsons.com, save 15% off your order of 25 bucks or more when you use code SECONDPRINTPOD. Uh, enough of that awesomeness. Let's go ahead and jump into the dumpster. We knew a year ago that when Kevin Feige and Disney said that they were going to do a same-day full-season release of Echo, that something was not working. In fact, Kevin himself, through various leaks, um reportedly said that the show was unsalvageable. They contemplated making it one of those Marvel specials, kind of like Werewolf by Night, kind of like the um, Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. 
They rewrote it several times. And you can definitely see where they have tried to flip it because it was very much going to be focused on um, Maya Lopez, Echo, who was, I think, an extremely odd villain to put into the Hawkeye series last year. Um, she's almost not comic accurate at all. And I mean at all. She's missing a leg. Like, she's missing a leg. She's got, like, super strength. Like, Echo in the comics, and I have always defended the character of Echo. Echo in the comics has always been a freaking badass. I loved her when she was on the New Avengers, when she came on the scene as Ronan, and then when it was discovered that she really wasn't, um, that she passed that mantle on to Clint Barton, who would come back from the dead after House of M, and then was the the vigilante Ronan during that period, up until uh, the Age of Heroes, um, the heroic age portion of Marvel after uh, you know Secret Invasion, that was Dark Reign, that was the heroic age, and he went back to being Hawkeye. Maya was a badass like a badass bitch. I have nothing but nice things to say about her. In fact, I collected the Daredevil and Echo uh, limited series that came out from Marvel. It seems like the Daredevil shit is the only stuff they can really do well at right now. I even picked myself up Daredevil issue one last month, and I think I'm going to add it to my poll list, even though I have no clue what really happened the past year. But that Daredevil and the Echo series just wrapped up, and I really enjoyed that. So like, it has nothing to do with the character of Echo. And I wouldn't even, and I don't even want to paint the actress as not being good at it. I just wouldn't have picked her. But my gosh, the the writing just went downhill and they had to redo it several times and then I guess Disney was just like fuck it we can't we can't keep putting out this stuff that's just gonna hit foul balls so what did they do they said they're gonna go ahead and release it like after the holidays so around the time that no one's really gonna be home to watch it which is weird because they timed everything like Hawkeye around the holidays but now they're gonna put this out shortly after and they're releasing everything at once they're doing what even Netflix didn't want to keep doing anymore. They're releasing everything at once. So right there, that doesn't paint a good picture of things to come. So where does that leave us? They finally released within a very short window of time between um, when it's supposed to come out and when they put out the first preview, which for everything else, we saw previews like months and months in advance. Now it's like they put it out to kind of like save their own ass because they have to. But what did I think of the trailer? I think the trailer was good. But what what are they really trying to do here? They're really trying to put front and center Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, who, like in the comics is shot in the face by Echo and then turns out to still be alive with a with a you know an eye injury. Uh, anyone that saw the end of Hawkeye knows that. For those of you that want to hear our thoughts on it, uh, Mark and friend of the pod Caleb Franz went ahead and did a full season review of Hawkeye uh, over on Patreon. So you can go ahead and uh, hit up the Patreon archives to see what they thought episode by episode of the Hawkeye series. But at the end of that, Maya shoots Kingpin. Kingpin, you know, is the real big bad at the end of the series. And, um, you know, it was cool to have him back, but we knew that they were really setting him up for something bigger. And this also comes at the time in which uh, Daredevil finally made his uh, uh, secondary official MCU debut, if you count um, No Way Home, in which he just appears as Matt Murdock. And then when he appears in the yellow, uh, quote unquote, ketchup costume, and She-Hulk, which is by far his worst on-screen appearance. 
And, uh, you know, they, they bring him back here because they're really trying to get things ready for Daredevil Born Again, which um, is flatlined again because they fired all the writers. So what we see in the preview is a lot of Kingpin. Everything is really from Kingpin's vantage point. And people complain that uh, D'Onofrio in Hawkeye did not appear like his Netflix original version, which was ultra-violent and intimidating. They found him more affable, and anyone that Kate Bishop can go ahead and beat up is obviously not that tough. I, I tend to agree with that. Uh, he looks brutal in this, and he's going back to like beating the shit out of people with his fists, and this, this looked to me like Netflix Kingpin. So you get a lot of Netflix Kingpin. You, the whole thing starts from his point of view. And then who do you see for three seconds in a fight with Echo? You see Daredevil, not in the ketchup and mustard costume, looking cool for three seconds. So what comes out later? Disney affirms after the release of the trailer that Echo's a villain. Well, of course she started as an antagonist. People were like, does this mean she'll never be a hero? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I don't believe that at all because, case in point, Loki didn't really stay a villain much long after the first Avengers film. So I think that people just need to not take things so literally and just kind of suss it out. Am I going to watch Echo? Probably, but not for Echo. And I'm going to have really low expectations. And I actually think that dumping it all in one day is going to increase the likelihood that people are going to watch it. Um, despite the fact that everyone kind of knows that we need to set our standards low. So you got Kingpin, you got Daredevil, check, check. I think it's going to be around uh, six episodes, releasing it all in one day. After the holidays and all the other stuff has come out, why wouldn't I watch it at that point? At least to see what really happened and to get you some honest uh, criticisms of it. So all in all, no one is hiding that our expectations for Echo are low. The trailer does look good. I think the strategy shows that they don't have confidence in it. And do I think that it'll be a rip-roaring success? No. But by the fact that they hedged their bets on Kingpin and Daredevil in the trailer, I think that it won't be like the worst thing to ever happen. I mean, we got through She-Hulk, barely. And I was saying for years, She-Hulk would be the best series out there. And look what they did. They, they yucked it up. They screwed it up. Screwed it up. Speaking of screw-ups, let's go ahead and switch things over to Mahershala Ali's Blade, if that ever comes out. Uh, my friend John Trent over at Bounding in the Comics said very, very accurately that Mahershala Ali it was the best part of the Luke Cage uh, series on Netflix, Luke Cage Season 1, and the worst decision they made was uh, killing his character Cottonmouth halfway through. Um, it was horrible. Stupid idea to take down such a 
such a great villain, and I, I totally agree with that. So when they went ahead and cast him as Blade, I thought, you know what? It's kind of disconnected from the Netflix stuff. Marvel's obviously trying to distance themselves from that. Not many people watched it. He's going to be completely different. It's not the first time an actor within the MCU has played a different character. We've seen that all the time with uh, more, uh, more supporting roles. But for this one, why wouldn't you want Mahershala Ali? Two-time Academy Award winner. He's freaking awesome. He's Uncle Aaron in Spider-Verse. Why wouldn't you want to see him as Blade the Daywalker? So what do you do to appease the fans? You give us a Wesley Snipes-style Blade film with lots of bloods vampires, with lots of blood vampires and cool shit. Well, apparently, they must have gotten the She-Hulk crew or something because they had screwed that up for several years. They hadn't even started really scripting when Mahershala Ali had his only voice cameo at the end of Eternals, which is apparently shot a month before the official release. They had another one, and at that point they considered not even adding that one because they already had a um, an end credit scene with uh, uh, Harry Styles. But they did that there because they thought that they were going to make more progress on it. Come to find out a year later that they keep pushing the release date back. And then I think they moved it back a phase into phase five of Marvel. I think it was supposed to be either the beginning or the end of that. Well, now, I I mean, no one really knows. They've gone through multiple directors, multiple writers. Mahershala Ali threatened several times to leave his commitment to Blade, to completely leave Marvel, which would have been a super embarrassment for them because, as he put it, the scripts were bad. And I read one of the leaked scripts. It's like Blade without Blade. It makes no freaking sense. But, you know, this is the same studio that put out Black Panther 2 without Black Panther. What do you expect from them? So now the most recent one, which Kevin Feige said was an absolute dumpster fire, uh, would have been a film all about new female characters, which makes no sense for a movie about Blade the Vampire Slayer, the Vampire Hunter. Come on. Come on, man. So... We knew that they were slowly trying to, like, gaslight people into accepting this because they had uh, Blade's daughter. They created a female character in the comics who's Blade's daughter just in time that they announced that it was going to be a female-led Blade movie. They weren't gender-swapping Blade. They were just going to downsize him completely like what Ray in Star Wars did of all the other characters. So at this point, now what they're saying is, Fuck it. It's going to be all Blade, all Blade action, all Blade awesomeness, and we're going to make it R. Here's my thing. You, one, Venom showed that you can have a very violent PG-13 film. I think it's better to have it as R, though. But my question is, why wasn't this the first go-around? Why wasn't this the first plan? Why can't you just give us what we want in the source material? How many years have we been deprived of this? Come on. You have a chance to go all in on horror. Mark, Caleb, uh, Token Uncle Brody, freaking everybody on this show has at one point or another said that horror is the route that Marvel should be taking. I still stand on a hill that Werewolf by Night is the best thing that Marvel has put out since Endgame. It's, I mean, I would put it on par with Spider-Man No Way Home. Of course, people could argue that, but just in terms of fun and originality and reminding us of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we used to love, 
that shouldn't be an issue. Speaking of things that we used to love, I went ahead and picked up Ultimate Universe. Seven bucks. I read the Ultimate Invasion uh, series, didn't buy it because I didn't want to spend money on that. But I'll, I'll say this. Um, Jonathan Hickman man, still managed to confuse the living shit out of me. And I have come to the conclusion that they say this is the Ultimate Comics. They say this is the new Ultimate Universe. And when they say that, you should absolutely believe them. Because it is definitely not the Ultimate Universe that I remember at all as a kid and a teenager. I thought there was going to be more connection. But frankly, there is not. This is its own thing. You've got some parallels in terms of costume designs and tone and how it feels. But that like butterfly feeling I thought I was going to get reconnecting of the Ultimate Comics that made me a comic book fan, I don't know. So right there, you probably think, wow, Rims is really shitting on this. Not quite yet. I do think it's interesting. I do think Hickman has managed to make it a little bit different than how he managed to screw up X-Men the past five years. Um, On the other hand, if you like Hickman, you're going to get a lot of Hickmanisms. If you don't like Hickman, this is probably going to be something that doesn't feel exactly like him, so you can almost feel like you're reading some other author, like uh, Mark Millar or somebody, or Bendis. Um, but, well, Bendis has gotten super shitty over the last few years, so I don't even, I don't even know what to say about him. Um, I went ahead and picked this up. I have already subscribed to a 12-issue subscription through Marvel Comics to Ultimate Spider-Man because that is just... It made my heart sing. I know it's completely different. Peter Parker's going to be an adult. Uh, in the uh, Ultimate Invasion series, he was, um, uh, as a teenager, you see the maker prevent him from becoming Spider-Man at the age of 15. So now what we know is that he's going to be an adult. He's going to be married to MJ, and he's going to have two kids. So this is not teenage Spider-Man. This is adult Peter Parker become Spider-Man. I think that's interesting. I also really miss Spider-Man comics. You all know firsthand I tried to give Amazing Spider-Man a try last year, and that was just some hot garbage. They couldn't even get John Romita Jr. to save it. So here I am in this predicament in which I miss, Spy- I miss reading Spider-Man comics monthly. I miss the Ultimate Comics. So here I'm getting a very different Spider-Man, and I'm getting a very different Ultimate Universe. But at least I get to start at issue one. So... Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a heartbroken romantic, but I want to give it a shot. I do think some of the things that they're doing are pretty cool. I think how they uh, introduced the Kang Iron Lad element to this is interesting. Uh, some people were taken back by the idea that we're going to be seeing a teenage Tony Stark. I, that's not much of a that's not much of a reach. I, I grew up with the Iron Man animated series, the CGI version that first appeared on Nickelodeon, and um. 2007, 2008. And while I would not have ever really wanted a teenage Tony Stark, they actually made some pretty cool stories of that. And it was actually a pretty decent show. So like, I already have an idea that, oh yeah, I'm familiar with a teenage Tony Stark. And um, with that said, they're, they're doing some interesting stuff too with Thor. Uh, I haven't really read an interesting Thor in a while. I think they definitely bring back the feeling of ultimate Thor from the ultimate. So that's pretty cool. But otherwise, folks, um, 
I'm gonna give it a shot because <laughs> there's there's not much out there right now that I'm I'm really digging. In fact, a couple weeks ago, I I really geeked out over uh, uh, Afterlife with Archie. I think I'm gonna go back and read that series in the meantime. But January comes Ultimate Black Panther, which I am very skeptical about. Ultimate X Men looks weird as shit. They're basically turning it into a manga. And uh, not it's not anything against manga, but like this one just feels I don't know how I feel about it. But Ultimate Spider Man feels right at home because if you can have a good Ultimate Spider Man, I'll trust all your other books. I mean, come on, guys! Ultimate X Men, Ultimate Fantastic Four, the Ultimates. I miss my Ultimate comics. I miss my Ultimate universe. So I hope that um, Hickman doesn't doesn't hurt me so badly. Other than that, thank you once again. Go ahead and support the show for as little as five smackers a month at patreon.com slash secondprintpod so I could read Ultimate Comics on your behalf so you don't have to spend five bucks or however much they're charging. Absolutely atrocious. Um, yeah. Now, thank you again. We're closing off another year. Do you believe that? The little show that could. I am Remzo W. Martinez. Go ahead and find me on X at HeyRemzo, H-E-Y-R-E-M-S-O, and follow the show at Second Print Pod. Uh, Want to go ahead and bug Mark, find out where he is, find him on X at Mark Declare. And uh, you ever you ever notice that sounds like Declare? Like Mark Declares or something. I, I don't know if he ever thought of that, but that is his name. Mark Declare, at Mark Declare on X. We'll be back later. And as always, remember, if there's one thing you can do, it's short, it's sweet, it's simple. It's read comics and change the world. Our world in an ultimate universe. or an ultimate world. It's the world upon worlds. What can I say? I'll shut up now. Good night, America. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.